0: Why should photographers hug their haters? We'll talk about that on this episode, episode 63 of the Shutterbug Life Podcast. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast where we learn how to be better photographers. I'm your host, Linford Morton, but of course you can call me Lynn. And this is episode 63 and it is inspired by a book I recently completed called How to, called Hug Your Haters. Yeah, that's it. It's called Hug Your Haters. The book wasn't written for, for photographers. It was written for businesses and for marketing and prof- and customer support professionals but I'm reading this book and thinking how does this apply to us as photographers and creatives and I came away with some lessons I think might be helpful for us because we let's face it we have, we've got our haters too those of us who actually spend our time creating and sharing what we create with the world if you keep doing that enough, you can expect some haters to and some trolls to show up. And what Jay says is you ought to give him a big old hug. That's what we'll talk about in this episode of the podcast. Why don't we get right into it, okay? I have a big old hug for the Hanterman one He says my video put him to sleep. I also have a big old hug for Snap Jockey. He said my video was crap. Let's say crap in air quotes, but we know he used the S word. Now, I have hugs for them, and you ought to have hugs for your haters, too. Says who? I just read the book, Hug Your Haters by Jay Bear. The sub subtitle is How to Embrace Your Complaints and to Keep Your Customers and Jay's clearly speaking to the business owners and marketing professionals of the world. But I couldn't help but think as I was going through the book, what does this mean for photographers? Does this message apply to us as well? And I know we're not in the customer support business, but we take pictures, right? And we share our pictures, hopefully, in a public place, whether it's online or on our blogs or... Social media. And let's admit it. When we share our images, we share them with a little piece of our souls embedded in each file. We do. And so when someone attacks our work, it feels personal, right? It feels like they attacked us. I like to think of it as, and it's not just us, but it, everything we ever produced or created and in every, anything we plan to produce or create. I like to think of it as, the NATO approach, an attack on one image is an attack on all. <laughs> so we all know the haters, right? And just so we're clear about what I'm talking about, I'm describing haters as the people who leave mean-spirited com- comments and they have no helpful or constructive value. All the haters want to do is throw up on your work and leave. So who needs them? And and like you, I probably remember every hater I've ever had on anything I've ever created. The people who hated my photography, to the people who hated my workshops, to the people who hated my meetups, to the people who hated my webinars. Oh, I remember each one. And I remember how I felt with each one. And I remember how I just wanted to to either, one, just delete them and move on. That's my first instinct. This is a jerk. Just delete or lash back with the same level of anger and vitriol or just, you know, uh, who can be bothered, ignore him and move on. Those are those are my instincts. I don't know what yours are because you're attacking something that feels very personal to me. But what Jay Bear is saying is I ought to just be hugging him. Now, <laughs> how do you come up with this idea? Well, Jay surveyed. He did this big this study, right? Jay surveyed two thousand Americans who have acknowledged they left complaints on about a business somewhere, and they they did even more. I think I forget. He he hired a company to do the research for him, and what he what he uncovered in his results, he called it almost the science of hate. Now, the study results. Uncover a number of helpful insights for the business world, and that 's again that 's who he 's writing to. but here are my takeaway for us as creatives. Haters are your early warning warning detection system and I like this when, when when Jay sort of articulated this for the business world I said that works for us too, so you posted your last photo and you know what happens. Most people will comment, oh, that's beautiful, nice pick," you know, all the things, the, you know, the, the polite pats on the back that you get in social media from most people. But every now and then you'll get the unsolicited, freely vitriolic comment. How about the person who calls it crappy or cliche? I saw that one time and it wasn't even my picture. It was someone else's picture. And it still ticked me off that the person did this. So I forget which blog it was on. Someone had taken a wedding photographer, had taken a picture of a couple on a wedding track. And there was the little um, um, wedding ring on the track in focus and them out of focus behind it. And the commenter said, Oh, bleh! Throw up! How stupid and cliche, right? Which made me angry. I said, "That's not helpful. You're just being a jerk." And you know, they might do that to to, to your pictures, right, or or my pictures, anyone's pictures. And so, before we dismiss them or respond or. You know, respond with those sentence enhancers. For those of you who remember SpongeBob, those sentence enhancer words in our minds, because we're not going to say this out loud, of course, right? Maybe we pause to see if there's any truth tucked away inside the hate. Is my photo really cliche? You might ask yourself, have I seen that idea too many times already? And did I just try it without adding anything new to it? Did I just mimic it and put it out there? You know, is this warranted? you might stop and sort of ask yourself the same question. Maybe there's some truth in there. See, the guy who said that my video had a blanking sound, he had a point. It wasn't the best sound. I remember when I created it, I don't know what I did. My levels might've been just a little off. And it was, there are a couple points where it was peaking. Now, For the most part, it was okay. So I said, you know what? It's good enough. I'm going to ship it because I have to move on to the next project. That was a conscious decision I made at the time, and I remember making it. So to be called on it like that in a public place irked me even more, to be quite honest. But when I stopped to step back, I said, you know what? He's right. And so, and as a matter of fact, I I even wrote back and said, you know, what don't you like about the sound? Just wanting to see what he would say. And he actually came back and you know, in his colorful language, told me exactly what I probably should have already known. I thought, you know, the content was good enough and it wasn't that bad. So now, now, Realizing that, perhaps I take better care next time. Perhaps when I when I hear something that doesn't seem quite right, I take the I take them the time to go back and redo it. And if that is what comes of it, then you know maybe it's I could find I guess some some good in it. You know, in spite of the mean spiritual delivery, there was still a learning opportunity for me and If I would take the time to look for it, I could find it. This is important because in most cases, we already know what we do well because this is what we gravitate to this is what we this is what we work on for most cases. so we know what we do well, and so your haters might just be pointing out to you where you can do better. Because really, nine times out of 10, most people who see that you can do better won't bother telling you. They'll see that your, foot, your photograph is cliche and boring and uninteresting, and they'll say nice pic, and they'll hit the like button, and they won't tell you. 95% of the people won't tell you you can do better. They won't push you to do better. They won't encourage you to do better. They'll just move on. And so the early warning detection system might be a way of finding out where your blind spot is. So this is one reason you might hug your haters. The other takeaway is you should know your haters. So as Jay points out there are two kinds of haters, the off-stage hater and the on-stage hater. The off-stage hater Will send you an email or give you a call. Now, this is the hater who's going to let you know that you've disappointed him, but he's going to deliver that message directly, right? We're not going to put it anywhere else. We're going to say, you know, they're going to call you up, they're going to send an email to you, and said, you know, I had a hater like that one time. Um, I, oh man, a lot of years ago, I was doing this project and I was just posting everything. I wasn't really taking the time to, to really curate my work better and a guy sent me an email and said you know what i know you're a good photographer but quite honestly the stuff you put on that project is disappointing to me man that crushed me but i knew he had a point i wasn't taking the time to curate and so while it might have been obvious that i could do better it was also obvious that I didn't take the the time to do better. And so the hater who sent me an email directly was also trying to do me a favor. Now, again, most people won't, people won't take the time, but the person who takes the time to do it and do it off stage, which is what he said, the person who does it off stage is the one who writes you directly. Right now that person is contrasted with what Jay calls the onstage hater. This is the person who's not going to send it directly. They're going to post that in the comments. They are going to throw up in public on your stuff. They don't care who knows it. As a matter of fact, they want other people to know it. So the difference between the two, as you might imagine, is the offstage hater just wants an answer from you, an acknowledgement. Your onstage hater wants an audience. And so if you know what your hater ultimately wants, it ought to influence the way you respond. Now, now, part of the message in the book is you ought to respond to every single one. If someone takes the time to to hate, you ought to take the time to respond because, and we'll tell you, I'll tell you in a little bit why. So the offstage hater wants a response. The easy solution is there. Hear him out. Try and resolve any issues. Now, this, of course, works better in the customer service situations. But what about photographers? Well, in response to harsh critique, you might take the opportunity to probe. The guy said, your sound is crappy. So I wrote back and said, what specifically didn't you like about it? He came back and he told me. So you might even probe. What what offends you so greatly? What why, why does it matter to you? What would you do differently if you could do it? And you might find that offering that listening ear might soften the critic just a bit, and you might get some helpful feedback as a result. I remember when I worked in public relations, and we you know we got nasty letters to the to our company, and of course they sent it to the PR guy to craft a response and I would I remember one time in particular I crafted what I thought was you know a very well reasoned response probably telling the person what that they had no idea what they're talking about in, a, in my nicest possible way and I took it into my boss and showed it to her and she looked at me and said you didn't answer the real question Lynn I said what do you mean he goes go back and read you know the you know the person's real email to us what are they really saying to us what's the real question they're asking us what's the real thing they're complaining not the stuff on the outside but the real questions in there if you want to stop and take take a take an opportunity to really read it and i thought oh interesting and you know going back and rereading there was an underlying issue that became apparent and so you might be asking yourself when you get the throw up, what's the real issue here? And, and probing and asking for additional feedback might help you get to the real issue. And of course, when you unpack that, you might find something helpful. Now, that's the hater who writes you directly. But the on-page hater, this is the one who wants an audience. And when you respond, remember that They have gathered an audience to tell you off. And so when you respond, the audience is still there listening to your response, even though you're responding directly to them. So you always want to respond because people look on and your lack of a response sends a message to them, too. Maybe this person just doesn't care. He doesn't care about the quality of his work. You know, look at that. Maybe. Maybe, you know, that's right. And they're just, you know, too ashamed. Whatever it is, you know, they see it there. And so you always want to respond. When I did, you know, public public relations, when you're in the Department of Defense, it's called public relations. And, and us Army public affairs types used to look at the way the Marine Corps did it with admiration. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but but legend had it with among us PA types, as we called ourselves. If you said something in public about the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps responded to you with the full weight of the Marines. I mean, if you were just some guy in a court in Arkansas saying the Marines suck, you got a response back from, from, you know, the Marine Corps general, (laughs) you know, telling you why you were wrong. I mean, you mean no attack on the Marine Corps went unanswered in those circles. And we always thought that was such a cool way of operating because, you know, they had so much pride, as you know, the Marines do, in who they were that they left no, no attack unanswered. You're almost getting the same kind of message here from Jay. You know, that's you. You know, if somebody takes the time to attack you, you ought to respond. Not necessarily attack back, but respond. Now, in the customer service situations they uh, you know you, you know they they talk about you acknowledge the complaint you you show empathy, you move the conversation offline to co- to complete it and you can take a similar approach to your on stage haters you know back when I was an editor, I would respond to a snarky letter to the editor by thanking them for reading. Thank you for reading whatever but if an explanation is warranted i 'll offer one to the guys with the crappy sound. You know, I said, thank you. Or to the guy who said, you know, they're, you know, who said to, on my video, this is really cool, but I fell asleep because there are no real visuals here. And I had to explain, it's because we weren't allowed to take pictures when I got the briefing. So I had to recreate this with slides because I couldn't actually shoot what's going on. So, you know, there was an explanation. I offered one. Well, when you learn something useful it's also okay to admit it so in most cases the polite thank you works thank you for reading whatever but here's the thing why it's important to respond to the the on-stage haters your onlookers the other people in the audience who have assembled will also recognize that this person is a jerk right this person wants an audience while being a jerk good because now you have an audience to contrast the jerk against yourself. It you know I, when it, whenever I've had somebody who was a jerk to me and I responded kindly, I always got private messages from other people that said I'm really happy that to see that you did that. You know that person's just a jerk. Ignore them. People see that, and and not responding says you don't care. But responding shows that you. Care, and for the people who know this person to be a jerk, you will provide just the beautiful contrast. So, the way I see it is when you're online, so many people, if you know, you read the Yelp reviews, when you read the you know, the Amazon reviews. There's so many people who want to be sarcastic and snarky. You know, it's like the in thing now to be snarky and sarcastic online. And there's so many people who want to do that, that you can stand out by just being kind. Being kind can be a differentiator. It can set you apart from everyone else. More importantly, you can start to attract the kind of people who you want around you who also appreciate kindness. So, Think about that. So finally, does it work? Because you might say, you know, this almost sounds like the old turn the other cheek biblical thing, right? But, you know, I I get it. But does the whole hug your haters thing actually work? How do we know this? Well, in Jay's study, he said that there was a 30% increase in customer advocacy that you could get from responding to a single complaint. Meaning that when a business responded to the complaint like that in public, you have a 30% increase in customer advocacy for the business. So I'm thinking, what if that transfers? What if by responding in a similar way to your haters, the haters of your photography, the haters of your art, the haters of the things you create, For the people who looked on, who were in your community, you got a similar level of advocacy, meaning these are the people who not only now really like your work, but they really like you. And now they're willing to go out and tell other people, check out this photographer. We really like what he's doing. We really like what she's doing. She's a great person. He's a good guy. You know what I mean? That, that could go a long way. What if a third more of the people who came in contact with your work were willing to do that on your behalf? How would you grow your online following? Because now you don't have just people who are just, you know, casual, but we have people who are now no like and trust and really are willing to, to go to, to advocate on your behalf. How much faster could you grow your online following? Increase the number of people who are willing to share what you produce, follow and be real raving fans of yours. How much better could that be for you and your photography and your work? Is it worth finding out? I think it might be. So, the message is clear the next time next the next time you have a hater and someone just really ticks you off rather than responding in kind rather than ignoring them, just give them a hug. Go ahead, hug that hater, and your photography might actually improve in the process. Hi, this is Lynn. If your pictures aren't turning out the way you want, an easy solution might be just around the corner. Now, I taught thousands of photographers doing my popular photo tours around Washington, D.C., New Orleans, and New York City. And doing more than 600 workshops, I noticed there were 12 mistakes most photographers were making with their images. Now, if you want to know what they are and how you might measure up, you can check this dirty dozen list and see what's keeping you from taking your best pictures, creating your meaningful art and making your ultimate impact. Go to 12photomistakes.com. There I have a free ebook and a free audiobook for those of us who prefer listening rather than reading. And you can download both and listen to them or read. The 12 mistakes and see where you might be measuring up. That's 12photomistakes.com to see how you are doing and how you're measuring up against 12 of the most common mistakes photographers make. Go get it now. Thanks again for joining another episode of the Shutterbug Life Podcast. I hope that was helpful for you, at least thinking about how we might hug our haters rather than ignoring them or, or lashing back at it or just deleting them. So if that was helpful for you and if you found what we did today interesting, or if you you know, if you find what we do interesting, I'm gonna invite you to join a Join the community. You can do a couple of things. One, you can subscribe and make sure that you don't miss another podcast episode or the blog post of that for two for that matter. Just go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe and you can, you can make sure that you don't miss another episode. If you listen on iTunes, you can also subscribe there. Just go to itunes.shadowboogalife.com. It will take you straight to our page. I got an email this week from an Android listener who said, hey, what's the best way to listen if you're an, an Android person? And I thought to myself, get an iPhone? No, just kidding. Kinda. Anyway, no, if you are, cause I know we always talk about iTunes and, and you can listen on iTunes, uh, to iTunes on, on Windows, I believe. And, but you can also just use the Stitcher app if, if iTunes is not an ish, uh, not an option for you. Just choose the Stitcher app on there too. And, uh, that's another way or place to listen you know we we are a community of friendly photographers and i'm just going to encourage you to join us online if you want to jump in our facebook group just go to FB.ShutterbugLife.com. it'll take you to our group where you can come in and share your images share something you've learned just just you know just get in and and join the conversation with other photographers if you are in the D.C. or New York City area, my meetup group, Shutterbug Excursions, is another place where you might just come out and hang out with us because we have lots of fun. You can find those links on the show notes as well. If you go to com forward slash Search, put in 063 and you'll come up with this episode. If you think that book from Jay is interesting and you want to check it out, um, I've got a link to it in the show notes as well, along with uh, other helpful links that you might want. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm looking forward to, you know, getting out and sharing again with you next week. So whatever you do this week, enjoy your Shutterbook life. Take care.